Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. Yesterday was an especially busy day in the crypto markets, and there is a lot of ground to cover today. In today's call, we're going to take a look at the BTC and ETH charts, and then we're going to talk about the top five headlines in the crypto markets, because as mentioned, we've had a lot more go on yesterday and today that everyone should be aware of. At the end of this call, we will take a look at the Ethereum merge and explore some of the strategies specifically surrounding that and just update ourselves regarding what the Ethereum merge is going to mean for Ethereum prices specifically. So make sure to stick around until the end. That section is going to be very important to anyone who holds any ETH at all. We can pretty much summarize the nervousness that the crypto and equity markets have experienced this week into one statement, waiting for Jerome. Bitcoin and other major cryptos were mostly flat yesterday as investors maintained their anxious mindset ahead of Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's scheduled speeches on Friday at the Jackson Hole Summit about the central bank's direction on monetary policy. If you open up a BTC chart, you'll see that Bitcoin has been trading around the 21k level and that's actually where it was about 24 hours ago as well. The largest crypto by market value has lost about 10% over the past week amid a wider crypto sell-off that has dropped digital assets total capitalization below $1 trillion. Ether Tuesday and recently has been changing hands at around 1.6k, about flat also from the same time a day ago. The second largest crypto by market value's price has plunged approximately 12% during the past seven days. Other major cryptos, in fact, were mixed after many of them spent a good portion of the day in the green. At points during yesterday, we did see that Avalanche and Polkadot were recently trading up about a percentage point. But conversely, EOS and YGG fell more than 6 and 4% respectively. EOS's decline follows a week-long surge after EOS Network Foundation, or the ENF, announced last week that Antelope would be used as the underlying protocol for EOCO-based blockchains. Worth noting that stocks have also been trading sideways with the tech-heavy Nasdaq, S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average all closing down about 0.1%, 0.2% and 0.5% respectively. This is because the equity markets are also waiting for Jerome Powell's signals at the annual Jackson Hole Wyoming Economic Symposium. This event is important because it's one of the main events we have before the next FOMC meeting in the following month of September. Everyone's going to be listening into this Friday event and speech for clues as to whether the Fed is still alarmed enough about inflation, but comfortable with the pace of the current economic slowdown to maintain its aggressive monetary course of a 75 basis point hike. The alternative would be to go more dovish and announce a more moderate 50 basis point hike. And this is a scenario that would be better for the crypto markets. So a more dovish policy and statement on Friday, and then a 50 basis point hike at the next FOMC meeting. 
investor expectations have shifted back and forth in previous days regarding what Jerome Powell is going to say on Friday. But overall, unfortunately for the crypto markets, it looks like that hawkish stance and 75 basis point more aggressive hike is looking like the more likely scenario to materialize. Let's move on then to the top five headlines of the day until we then go into that Ethereum strategy specific to the merge. Celsius has made the headlines once again. Celsius challenges returned to at least part of the crypto industry spotlight as it sued crypto custodian Prime Trust in an attempt to claw back $17 million in crypto that the bankrupt lender alleges its former business partner still holds. Filed in federal bankruptcy court, the 54-page suit stems from a dispute over assets tied to Celsius's yield product customers in Washington and New York. Remains to be seen what kind of impact this will have, but it seems as though this is not really going to go all the way in terms of addressing the problems that Celsius has been facing. Next headline is a bit of a blast from the past. Heather Morgan, accused of laundering billions of dollars stolen from the crypto exchange Bitfinex, broke a six-month silence on Twitter to announce that she is not indeed involved in any crypto projects. I am not involved in any crypto project, Morgan wrote on Twitter. Any crypto or NFT project bearing my name or likeness is a scam that I do not endorse. This is Morgan's first public Twitter post since her run-in with the law enforcement earlier this year. Some listeners might remember that prior to accusations of money laundering, Morgan had a blossoming rap career under the name Razel Khan and led a copywriting business called Salesforce as CEO. In addition, and ironically, according to some people, she gave advice on how to protect businesses from cyber criminals and how to more effectively social engineer your way into anything. On February the 8th, however, Morgan and her husband, Ilya Lichtenstein, were accused of allegedly laundering $4.5 billion in stolen Bitcoin from the crypto exchange Bitfinex. The US Department of Justice retrieved $3.6 billion of the stolen funds on the same day. While they could face up to 25 years in jail if convicted for their charges of conspiracy to commit money laundering and conspiracy to defraud the United States, the two were released on a collective bail of $8 million. Another live and developing story that we will continue to monitor and watch. Top headline three alludes to some of the crypto advocates that happily take a place in Congress. Crypto booster Congressman Tom Emmer is demanding answers from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen for the agency's recent tornado cash sanctions. The Republican from Minnesota took aim at the Treasury Office of Foreign Assets Control and its blacklisting of Tornado Cash as a sanctioned entity earlier in August in an August 23 letter posted on Twitter. Recall that Tornado Cash laundered more than $7 billion worth of virtual currency since its creation in 2019. These sanctions are unique, however, in that they were not levied against a person or an entity, but against privacy-enabling code, Emma wrote, alongside a flurry of questions requesting clarifications of the agency's actions. His concerns reflected many of the points of the cryptocurrency industry that has been brought up in the wake of sanctions, which were first 
to target a smart contract address. Emma is a co-chair of the Congressional Blockchain Caucus and has a long history as an advocate for the crypto industry. For as long as there remain at least some crypto advocates in Congress, that isn't to say that anti-crypto policy won't make it to the stand, won't be voted on and passed, but it will mean that unfair, contradictory or unethical practices that make it to the stand will be questioned, will be scrutinized, and these kind of relevant points and questions that crypto industry might have and raise will be voiced in Congress as well. So this is definitely a very positive development. Finally, we take a look at a bit of NFT updates. Leading brands including Nike, Gucci, Dolce & Gabbana, Adidas and Tiffany have amassed a combined $260 million worth of sales from NFTs, according to data from Dune Analytics that was first reported by NFT Gators. Nike's NFT drops have amassed $185 million in revenue, with volumes in secondary markets approaching $1.3 billion. Dolce & Gabbana has generated $25.6 million worth of NFT revenue. Tiffany, which only recently launched its NFT token allowing CryptoPunks holders to mint customized pendants, has amassed $12.6 million in NFT-related sales. Total revenue for Gucci and Adidas was $11.6 million and $10.9 million respectively. These luxury brands have been struggling with the death of the high street, with the move to online shopping and online retailers and of course uh, from the decline in consumer purchasing power that we've experienced from the coronavirus. NFTs have very much acted as a saving grace to their cash flow statements and income statements through the revenue that's clearly been generated. And it's also helped brands or names that are very out of date and out of touch and not as relevant as they maybe once were become a bit more relevant and in line with the mainstream once again. So we're now at the part of the call where we're going to discuss Ethereum and an Ethereum merge strategy. I thought this was especially important to share today because the debate, of course, just continues about the Ethereum merge and whether that will shift the token's price significantly. What is clear, of course, is that the Ethereum merge will shift the blockchain's platform protocol from proof of work to the faster, more environmentally friendly proof of stake. Some observers believe the changes will have little impact on crypto pricing, despite Ether's dramatic gains earlier this month. Whilst the price aspect is being disputed, from a technological standpoint, certainly this is a very big advancement. On the five-step journey of Ethereum's development plan, the merge is one of the big, big steps. However, it's worth noting from a technological standpoint as well, it's only one on a five-point journey, and some people argue that some of the other events that are going to be coming through, like sharding, is what will make a much bigger impact than this current transition through the merge. A potential positive development we will see from the merge is the potential of a lower energy emission of Ethereum, but then also benefits like the potential for anybody who is a validator or node on the network to earn part of that staking yield. Ethereum, of course, is generally very hard to price because it does not act like a currency. However, with the yield aspect post-merge, this type of information will help us put a valuation on Ethereum, which is another big positive development. The idea that after the merge, the prices of Ethereum will just rise to the moon 
probably is most hoped for by people who are just doing a bit of a buy and hold strategy on Ethereum, just accumulating Ethereum in the run up to the merge and hoping that after the merge, their assets will be worth more and the price would have appreciated. A higher risk strategy for those who have assessed their risk tolerance and decided that they are higher risk and that they have a higher threshold for the amount of capital that they are comfortable losing, may decide to go for a different approach whereby they follow the Ethereum narrative and try accumulate or interact with protocols that are related to Ethereum and will be impacted by the merge. That leads to the question of what tokens there are with Ethereum merge exposure. One such project is Rocket Pool. This is a decentralized Ethereum 2.0 staking pool. With Rocket Pool, node operators can stake as little as 16 ETH and receive the remaining 16 ETH to stake from our ETH holders. This model helps node operators earn more yield on their ETH and enables the public to take part in staking without needing to operate a node. Another example of a project with Ethereum exposure and therefore a high risk strategy which would involve trying to get exposure to the ETH narrative for the ETH merge is Lido Finance. Like Robert Pool, Lido Finance lets users earn yield off their ETH by staking it for their yield generating token STETH. Lido currently has 4.2 million ETH staked from the DeFi community, which includes almost 100k unique stakers. Lido has quickly become a DeFi staple, with many in the DeFi community waiting patiently for the merge to unlock STETH rewards. That brings us to the end of today's market update. I do these every single day, 10 minute, no BS, straight to the point, updates on what is happening in the crypto markets. There is so much information out there and whilst a lot of it is very good and very useful, the amount of time it takes to go through all of it is just too difficult for many people to balance in their already busy schedules and that's how these calls help. All you gotta do is tune in for 10 minutes and you will get a understanding of all the main events in the market in a given day. And we will chat again tomorrow and all importantly on Friday when we're gonna take a look at what's going on with the Jackson Hole Summit. Thanks very much for tuning in and talk to you tomorrow.